ready for this shit. Got a two kinds of white claw. Slice of lime. What's a good mix? Mm. What's a good white claw mix? Like when you're mm. mixing two of them together. Tangerine and mango. All right, it's Coonscapades, episode 98. This time's for real. That's right, the triumphant return of Coonscapades. A season in hell. The gondola's boarded up and hanging by a thread, but the sun is shining, and the old faithful Bitburger bidet is still blasting every hour on the hour. So you gotta time things right. You guys know what I'm talking about. Thank God we still got that. To avoid injury. You gotta time yeah. things right to avoid injury. The reward I mean, I is huge. I don't know if we, should, if we should let the audience in on like any of the kind of Casey background news, but we tried to record this episode a few times. It's true, but the bidet wasn't working and it was a mess. A, a serious mess. Listen, none of us have any control over anything at this point, so let us let the episode guide us. Sure. Let us let the episode guide us. Let the episode let us be guided by the episode. The fuck are you talking about? Sounds like a plan. On that note, we'd like I mean, we're to... back. We're back. We're back. Yeah. Here we are. And we've been away for a little bit. Well, a long while. Yeah. God, since March, I think we put the last episode out. And. We hope everyone's staying as healthy and sane as possible. We've been keeping, again, we've been off the air. We've been keeping attention where it should be. First of all, on living through the pandemic, surviving, on protesting police brutality and fighting for racial justice, on forging an equitable future for the art world, on the upcoming election, Many things that needed our attention continue to need our attention. And we're also sending love to everyone. We miss seeing folks at openings and performances and at the art book fair, the SF art book fair, for instance. And just around the neighborhood, social media and Zoom are not the same. And we miss you. We hope. Coonscapades can just provide maybe a laugh, a little respite from the craziness that's going on right now. And Hope so. we'll get on with it. Yeah. On on to our regularly scheduled, I don't know. On to the episode guiding us. How about that? Yep. On with the shows. On with the show. And hey, today's Halloween in this day today. On this day today, which I guess we're now calling calling this day someday. Because yeah. the future the future is so uncertain. Halloween and day. Halloween, Halloween day. day. I'm and going as myself fifteen years from now. Do I look hmm. good? Does it look right? I think it looks just about right. Yeah, the aging that has happened during Quar is quite something. It's been it's been quite sped up in a number of ways. But you look good, a, as we like to say, a young fifty nine. So mm. 
the young 59. Good job with the creams and, <laughs> creams and serums. Uh, we have we have a couple things for this day today, one of which I want to dive into and seed my time in terms of the making of the drink, exploring some thoughts around, which is on October 31st, 1962, Bobby Pickett made a one-time hit with Monster Mash, and it actually reached a number one on Halloween. So how about that? We're going to come well, back to that. Yeah, there's 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 lots to unpack there. I have a couple. I'll just mention one birthday. Vermeer, and I love how he's listed in, on this one history site. Tavern keeper and Dutch painter, Vermeer, Johannes Vermeer. So oh, he, he lived the fucking life. Leading. It's like the two things I want to be. I know. Tavern keeper and Dutch painter. Booze and art. Great. So, happy birthday, Vermeer, as my masshole people would say, I guess. That was Vermeer. Vermeer. Delft. I wonder if he grew up around a bunch of that Delft ware. Probably. He probably had it at his tavern. Yeah, because everyone's just (laughs) sipping from Delft ware. Yeah, and then chucking it into the corner when they got rowdy. We also have a death day. Fellini died in Rome at the age of 73 on Halloween 93. R.I.P. Fellini's. Fellini's. I mean, he he lived a good one. I'm not going to feel too sad on this death day for Fellini. <laughs> no. And he lives on. In, in he lives on. He made him, yeah, amazing made amazing art and well film uh either way and uh and lived it up during lived his life up. so yeah yeah it was a good one it was a good, was a good one yes. <laughs> good one frederico was twas indeed thank you usually there would be a making of the drink right now um we are apart. We are in in Zoom land, and I we think look we're like on... we're in different time zones. Like, it, we certainly like do. Looking at the images, that's all. Yeah, I'm having a, a dim lighting moment over here. Uh, I'd like to seed my time for the making of the drink to uh, talk more about Monster Mash and a, uh, a theory, or not a theory, an observation that has come to light in recent years. So back in 2017, someone named Lawrence Miles observed on Twitter that turns out Monster Mash may just be a song about a guy who sees and hears monsters performing and dancing to a song called Monster Mash, but not necessarily the song Monster Mash itself. So the actual so the actual song could be entirely different. He says, you've never heard the actual Monster Mash. You just heard a record about the Monster Mash. Ooh, yes. That's deep. Right? A little little mind-blowing. That's pretty amazing, because then, just to think that you could make Monster Mash. Exactly. You know what I mean? Oh, sorry, not to, I don't know if I'm not stepping on your toes there. Not at all, not at all. You could could actually create Monster Mash, and it would be totally different. Exactly. 
probably the Misfits. Like a band like the Misfits or the Cramps. They might have actually written the real Monster Mash and we don't even know. It's a it's a void to date. Well, I haven't I haven't looked into it that deeply, but let me just let me let me Heard give you a first, little more like. little, little more info. <laughs> I I certainly did. Here so and here there first. Was, there was a, a journalist named music journalist named Matt Miller also dug into this back in October 2019. And he gives he starts with a summary of the lyrics just to uh, give the context of what's going on. So here's the summary. A narrator, likely a Dr. Frankenstein of sorts, is working in his lab when his monster comes to life and suddenly begins doing the titular monster mash. Soon, elsewhere in this castle, where the narrator's lab is located, the vampires begin doing the monster mash. They're joined by Wolfman, Dracula, and Dracula's son? Who knows what that character is. That part. Yeah. Dracula Jr. <laughs> Dracula yeah. Jr. A band joins along with the vocal group, the Crypt Picker Five. Dracula briefly gets annoyed that the Monster Mash has replaced the Transylvania twist, but he gets over it and also joins the band. In the end, by all accounts, Monster Mash is a quote unquote graveyard smash. So the narrator is simply describing the origin of the Monster Mash craze as he witnessed it. Nowhere yeah. does he confirm that the song we're hearing that he's performing is the same monster mash that he saw that fateful night. <laughs> when he was working in the lab. When he was working in the lab. <laughs> this journalist goes a step further. He's desperate for answers. He's obsessed with this idea. So he, good. He reaches out to music legend Darlene Love, who was one of the backing vocal singers on the track. Um, and apparently the concept for the song, Monster Mash was released a few months after the smash hit, Mashed Potato Time. Remember that song? Oh yeah, mm. totally. It's the dance craze also. Yeah. They, Do the mashed says, potato. Exactly. She says, they did the mash like they were monsters. They just did the mash like the mashed potato, only they did it with their arms flinging and making all Man. kinds of crazy moves. So the big question that he asks her after this is, do you think within the fiction of the song, we are hearing the actual monster mash or just the narrator's interpretation of the monster mash? She says, it, I think it's the interpretation of it. Yeah, I mean, obviously. I mean, the song starts out, I believe, <laughs> I was working in the lab. Correct. <laughs> like, he's just working in the lab. He's, he's not He's not singing. His own. Not yeah. singing. They're just talking about them doing He's trying to do his job. He's, he's, <laughs> he's on the side, doing his job. People are doing the mash. He's pissed yeah. off. He's not a part of it. He's like, keep it down, will ya? Keep it down. Yeah, keep it down. I'm trying to. I think this is a great opportunity, though. I mean, you know, like Christmas songs. I mean, holiday songs are, you know, oftentimes they don't have to be that great to become a hit, right? Yeah. They just have to like fit the holiday, right? So I think it's a really great opportunity to finally.
Leave it to Tim to come in with the art opportunity right <laughs> off the top of the show. Everybody, get in that opportunity. This is, this is Listen it. Listen to this. This is this is top-notch <laughs> advice. So I mean, the people want to know what what is the actual monster mash, and by the way. Who the fuck knows what the Transylvania twist is? That's yeah. two songs. That's Hello. two fucking songs. <laughs> and you can make Dracula happy by pulling that out of your fucking hat and You're leaving a big right. door open here. <laughs> two, two opportunities. And maybe this should have been in that section of the, of the script. You're so correct. Um, just to wrap up, so Matt also asked Darlene Love the the backup vocalist um have we ever heard the real monster mash and darlene says no we haven't so it's settled monster mash so great. Is, i believe her yeah monster mash is a song and dance craze but we've never heard the original version that the narrator witnessed on that fateful night so i think i miss on this night of Halloween, when, you know, the veil has thinned between the living and the dead, is when we could really, because the only people who have heard it are the monsters. So this yeah. is where we could really channel it, maybe use a Ouija board or something to like get uh, this information. Get and, to the bottom of it. Yeah, and cause a graveyard smash. And- I think we should. I think there's a third opportunity, which is my opportunity. What were they drinking that evening to put them into such a frenzy? Indeed. I want to know. I you would love know. to know. Everyone wants to know. I have been looking for a new drug <laughs> to make me happy. <laughs> it might be this monster uh, concoction. And, I don't and know. And mash, and there's mash in there, so it's... it's 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 just readily available for alcoholic uh, experimentation. It does seem like a thing. I'll report. I feel that. like you're the person for that. So, are you, what's going on with that? I'm thirsty. Well, We're thirsty. We're all maybe thirsty. by the end of this episode, we can get something. Listen, we're in quarantine. I'm drinking just straight from the bottle, straight from the can. Make your own goddamn monster mash. All right. <laughs> I'll report back in October 2025. How about that? With a monster mash cocktail. She's alive. Alive. All right. There's new rules up there. I'm holding uh, you to that. Altitude. <laughs> I would take a nap until then, uh, if I could. Yeah. Turn me off. <laughs> Cryogenically freeze my brain. I don't care. Yeah. I would. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, you could you could make you could make your own monster mash. There's probably some mashed potatoes in it. There's probably some blood. I don't know. Throw some whiskey in there. Throw in the blender. Good I'll time. take it. I'll take it. <laughs> All right. I think uh, it's time for some art news, eh? Correct. And now for the art news. Indeed. Oh, that's me. We got art news. <laughs> Kapoor. That's me. <laughs> Had no idea. Kapoor charters submarine fleet for deep sea Vanta Black Gold. 
Look out, all you creatures of the sea, great and small. There's an artist out there in hot pursuit of your hide. Artist Anish Kapoor is done with lab-processed nanotubes and is now bloodthirsting for thread-thin dragonfish and agnoplaster cardudas. That's right. Bioluminous, luminescent fish. Think you're safe? I'd watch your ass, too. Now that he's taken to the sea, there's no telling what might be next on his extreme hue-hitting-it-lit list. Hit list. Watch your, uh, watch your scales. That's right. We got some, like, we got some, uh, it turns out we got some fish down there at the bottom of the ocean that are actually a darker black than the Vanta black that, <laughs> oh, there's a Carnuda for you. Uh, darker than the Vanta black that Anish Kapoor has been trying to corner the market upon. Once he found out about this, he started hunting them down. So look out. What an absolute monster. A monster of a man. I mean, you think if you look through the little uh, porthole of that submarine, you're going to see Anish Kapoor himself? I think if you want to know the actual monster mash, you have to go to Anish Kapoor because he will actually know the, the, the real verses to the song. All right, we got, we got another one. <laughs> Uh, Banksy's Show Me the Monet, a $10 million turd, a dumbass painting worthy of its stupid title, blows up at auction. Heard it here first. Banksy's take on Claude Monet masterpiece has sold for $9.8 following a nine-minute bidding battle. Auctioneers at Sotheby's, Sotheby's, oh, I always say Sotheby's, it's Sotheby's. <laughs> Well, you, Sounds like you, when you want to buy your bank skis, you buy them at Sotheby's. Sotheby's. <laughs> Maybe we should start an auction house called Sotheby's. <laughs> <laughs> bank skis take on Claude Monet masterpiece is sold for $9.8 following a nine-minute bidding battle. And auctioneers at Sotheby's admitted, I think it, like, doubled it's pre-sale estimate. That was a quote. In Show Me the Monet, famed street artist Banksy reimagines <laughs> Monet bridge over a pond of water lilies as a modern day scene by putting a traffic cone and two shopping carts submerged in the otherwise idyllic scene. Banksy really uses his subtlety to show the horrors of consumerism and littering. Deep shit. He hates oh, littering. Subtly, he's like, he's like, no way! Don't go. You don't go to the park and throw a can on the ground. Oh, such a such a base argument. That was the biggest load of crap I've ever heard. Wow. No, what a piece there of have it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I have like a little bit of love for Banksy, like. He's done some kind of cool things. Um, he is maybe, he is, I guess, the the quintessential kind of graffiti artist of the 2000s, maybe, or something. Or maybe the 2010s. The 10s. But um, 
these crappy paintings he did that are takes on old masters or modern masters or whatever, where he like throws a shopping cart in or whatever, they're so stupid. Oh my god! <laughs> Such a piece of shit. Not... <laughs> Seriously, not important at all. Hopefully, I was wrong on Banksy. I mean, I definitely, at that time, when Banksy was coming out, I was selling art, and I definitely uh, probably steered a couple of my clients wrong because I said, don't buy that stuff, it's stupid. Don't buy that stuff, it's stupid. But it's still making money. That was probably, like, that was, I made a lot of great decisions, and I helped a lot of people along. That was probably, like, my one major mistake that people would like get behind Banksy and think it was a good idea. But man, <laughs> that shit's shitty and that painting is so dumb and I can't believe someone was like, oh, there's an art historical reference <laughs> Monet. And it's kind of Banksy-like with the traffic cone or whatever. I don't know. What a piece of crap. <laughs> Tim's tips. Tim's tips. The art world, I don't get you. Keep your fucking eyes out, people. Buy, hold, sell. Find, Find out, out here with Tim's, Tim's tips, tips on Coonscapades. I would love to hear someone at Sotheby's trying to talk up that painting. Do you know there's a video out there or something with some guy with an English accent? <laughs> some English dude talking about how awesome that painting is. And he knows. He knows back here that it's a garbage. A fucking garbage. <laughs> we'll see if we can get a clip of that. Oh man, haunted. It's gotta be out there. I can just see someone saying, I you know, just trying to like talk about the importance of it. We have arrived at Show Me the Monet, one of the most important paintings of Banksy's provocative career. Here the artist painstakingly repurposes an iconic image in the Western canon, that of Claude Monet's view of the Japanese footbridge in his wonderful and beloved garden at Giveni. Banksy delivering a complex dialogue that tackles precise issues of our time. Yeah. Just... What you're saying, Tim, is Banksy is uh, a bit of an anomaly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't hate him. He knows what he did. I think we got some news on our favorite Kunst detective. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's gotta be. That's you, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> I still have, like, the old initials in from oh, the old one. No, that's fine. Indiana Jones of the art world, <laughs> Arthur Brand, announces his new Dutch TV show on Twitter. In September, my new series, six episodes, will be aired. Famous art theft solved live in front of a camera. No similar series anywhere in the world, as far as I know. For the moment, only on Dutch TV. Well, it's here. It is called De Kunst Detective. It debuted about a month and a half ago to medium spread acclaim. 
<laughs> Tune in today to see the Dutch private dicks beating around town under cover of night, working with the world's best Dutch art police. Wearing several different interesting hats and sniffing around for scintillating stolen stuff. All while occasionally glancing at the camera to make sure you're seeing all of this. That's our That's right for you. Got it. That's what he does. That's our Dutch dick. You can watch him and, now. And look at him lovingly beholding. This oh, piece. yeah. Got a virtual background up mm. right now of Grand yes. salivating is, over. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This is right, right before they have dinner and some wine. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, looks, you know, yeah. after that. We did spend a night together. Yeah. And that painting. Little Mary Therese. <laughs> Mistress to us all. <laughs> True. We got uh, our crimes. We got our crimes. <laughs> Woo! Work an hour. Do an errand. Drive a car. No questions. What you don't know can't hurt you. Every crime has a personality. What does it buy? Four million bucks. I'll get two million more. Are you such a man? Of course. Think you'll get me? <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Thieves thirst for two laughing boys with beer. Security was stepped up the last time Franz Hals painting two laughing boys with a mug of beer was stolen from a small museum in the Dutch town Leerdom. But art thieves can't get enough of these gleeful little bastards and it was indeed stolen for a third time. Third time's a charm. One of the old masters of the Dutch Golden Age, Franz Hals painting. Uh, paint, uh, I'll try that again. One of the old masters of the Dutch Golden Age, Franz Hals painted the work in 1626. Art detective Arthur Brand, the Dutch private dick, Obviously. said he believed it was stolen to order. Sounds like he uh, knows something there. Mm. Brand states, it's very difficult to secure small museums as it costs too much money. If they want to have your stuff, they'll get in, he told the BBC. Come on, get a, Brand. Get a Nest Camp, you know? <laughs> get a, uh, one of those doorbell things. Two Laughing Boys was first stolen in 1988 along with a Jacob Van Roysdel work. Uh, both paintings were recovered three years later. The same paintings were taken again from the Hofje van Mervru van Arden. Sure, I got that right. In 2011. <laughs> and they were found six months uh, later. Uh, Franz Hall's specialist, Anna Tumors, said at the time the painting was a wonderful example of his loose painting style. It was very mm. playful, daring, and loose. It's this loose quality. These themes, these, try that again. It's this <laughs> loose quality these thieves seem to thirst for. It's not the beer, loose. it's not the beer. Loose <laughs> laughing boys, I mean, who, who could get enough? What's up with Brand? I think Brand is trying to drum up business for himself because he's 
putting it out there, just target these small art museums. I know. Because it's impossible to secure them. Yeah, yeah can't just can't security. be done. Can't be done. I mean, they'd have to drum up like 300 bucks or something for some of these Nets camps. Okay, we have an update on our fave Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum heist. Criminal blames 13 works from that heist are hidden in a Dublin house. So the trove of works taken from Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum in Boston could be hidden in a house in Dublin, according to a new documentary that is screening on BBC4. Came out uh, a little earlier in the month. Follows the journey of Charlie Hill, a former detective in the Metropolitan Police Art Squad, who received a tip-off revealing that the 13 stolen works were shipped to Ireland. This guy, Charlie Hill, was acting on a tip-off from a notorious Irish gangster known as Martin the Viper Foley. Mm. The Viper. The Viper. Yeah, he's been around the block. I mean, we've heard about him before in the art theft world. That is true. Notorious. I guess back in summer 2019... Foley was in the process of setting up a deal with a gang, he claims, took the art and hid the works in Dublin 30 years ago. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. Wait, oh no, I guess last summer he disclosed that. Okay. According to the newspaper, Foley has suddenly dropped out of negotiations after publicity in Ireland about the negotiations. The BBC4 radio program discusses Hill's source, who's not named, but identified as a renowned Dublin criminal. The source says he was involved with the men who brought the stolen art to Ireland. Uh, I guess there is... Let's see. Former Newcastle police officer said, we were told about the robbery that had taken place in Boston and the fact that some of the people involved were Irish. I think the information was probably correct. <laughs> but Anthony Amore, head of security at the Gardner, says, in my mind's eye, they are in the missing works, are in the local area. What a, what a funny couple of quotes. Just, just my gut feeling is that, yeah, they were probably, the people involved in the high school probably Irish. And in my mind's eye, yeah. Stolen works are still in the local area. It's like okay, sure. they were stolen in Boston, and I think they might be Irish. And <laughs> yeah. they were All stolen right. in Boston, and I think they might be in Boston. I mean, come on. These people have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> I mean, there's been a lot of talk about them being connected to the IRA or some Irish mm -hmm. mafia biz. And I think there's probably something to that just because of like so many sources mm -hmm. pointing back to that um i would bet money right now that they are out of the country actually i i would bet money that they're in ireland i think that's true all right so personally, you agree personally. you agree with former newcastle police officer uh, I think the information yeah, disgraced, is probably... Disgraced <laughs> Newcastle police officer. I, I'm with him. <laughs> All right, well, I think we got some rewards. What do we got around here? 
gotta give the people what they want. Yeah, they we got rewards. Them. Yeah, exactly. That's why people show up. They want the rewards. Send us your hot tips on those loose howls. Yeah, a lot of loose howls out there. Uh, just call today's secret Coonscapades hush number, which is 415-264-3418. Call right now. The Coonscapades task force can be the first to crack this case. And best brand. We want a best brand. We love them. Love them. But we, best know, them, we have a little back and forth trying to best him. Yeah. He's trying to best us. We're trying to best him. It's the whole thing. There's very little time because the private dick is on the beat as we speak. Yeah, try lurking around those small museums with sparse security measures. Sniffing around? Yeah, that's Ooh. his thing. Yeah. He's always sniffing around. Hey, if Call you can't. hush number. If you don't get any rewards, we also got opportunities. Sweet. To a degree. Uh, email us today and share your haunted artwork story. And your mailing <laughs> address. The story. <laughs> In turn, you'll receive an ultra rare limited edition Kootzkepay's Halloween postcard. That's mm. right, we got these hot off the presses. Or hot off the press. Because there's only like one of them. Yeah. Get in on That's this. true. Now. It's haunted. It's haunted too. We cursed it. And um, so, you know, first come, first serve. Uh, we we got, brought somebody in here, um, gave him a Kootzkepay's coffee mug in exchange for a curse and they cursed uh, this postcard <laughs> they cursed it thrice on behalf of each of us so it's triply cursed they did indeed so if you got a ha haunted artwork story some haunted artwork send it our way and if you are the first you will win this haunted postcard Fair, that's a fair, fair deal. Amazing yeah, opportunity. An amazing opportunity. We got any eBay or Craigslist uh, uh, notables? We have a. We're gonna do a rapid fire Craigslist special, all Halloween themed, all for you. Let's get into it. There's always good I, stuff. I'm gonna start off with Halloween decorations slash props. This is a $10 listing based in downtown San Jose. Um, the first image has some bagged items with some of the items crossed off. And I don't know if these have been sold already or- if, are, they, are these trick or treat bags? Or, or the, what kind of bags are we are, talking about? Uh, well, I'll get to that, all right. It's, they're all brand new. They're not sold separately, so I don't know what these items that are crossed out in the photo are. Maybe just some errant items in the shot. Uh, there is a fog machine, but the liquid fog is not included. There's spiderweb crossed, crossed out. There's spiderweb thingy. There is. There are crows. There are bats. There is a mask. And there is fake open wound plus two bottles of fake blood. So buy them all a mere $10 downtown San Jose. I'm going to pass it off to Josh for this next one, which is in the East Bay. $20. We're going up in price. We're going cheapest to most expensive here. 
What do you mean you're passing it off to me? I'm supposed to... We're each doing one. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't catch that. It's okay. Yeah, that's right. We got a special right here for a CPR Resuski baby. <laughs> I think it's Resusa baby. <laughs> Resusa baby. Yeah, Looks like Resuski. Looks like some kind of Italian wine. <laughs> It's Russian wine. It's Russian. Or Italian, depending on how you look at it. It's got real baby it's got real baby bits in it. I'll tell you what, it's it's only twenty bucks, so you can't beat this deal. Uh, this is a Ruskuski baby. It's twenty dollars. there's only (laughs) one left. And this is great for an art project, uh, perhaps a Halloween project, maybe even a teaching CPR. It might be good for that too. Maybe. The models have since been updated, but hey, human babies have stayed about the same. So, you know, it's, you get the you get the gist. Extremely creepy, uh, flaccid, naked babies with, who are in distress uh, and need to be resuscitated. Yeah, very the definition of horror. So looks, check looks like it an out. alien autopsy. Yeah. Alright, and then our third Craigslist opportunity. Craigslist we got a Thor. Special. We got a Thor the Avengers artificial carved Halloween pumpkin decoration for 40 bucks. And you know, I don't know that if that's such a long description. If that doesn't grab you, to ask, if that doesn't grab you, I'll show you a picture of this <laughs> pumpkin, and this will probably reel you in if the... If the picture doesn't do it justice, it's a Thor, <laughs> the Avengers, from Thor from the Avengers, you know, artificial, carved... Halloween hand, pumpkin artificial decoration. hand-carved pumpkin. Decoration. It's only $40. He got that if he can make it to Tracy in time. <laughs> because there's probably a lot of people already on their way. You so know what I mean? What, what, not a real pumpkin, so it will last, quote-unquote. So it's a it's an artificial pumpkin in the style of a hand-carved pumpkin yeah i mean it's a thing a lot of people are doing now they get the artificial <laughs> pumpkin they carve it in the form of whatever it doesn't have to be Thor. they cut ca- people you can carve you, you can get a whole artificial pumpkin and carve it yourself or does it come pre-carved it, it, people have been carving these artificial pumpkins and <laughs> they're great because you can keep putting them out year after year and this sounds like a good hot tip for our listeners. Is that yeah, this yeah. thing doesn't this thing doesn't spoil. You don't have to uh, compost it afterwards. It doesn't have to get splashed all over the street. Yeah, if you have a skilled hand, you might do get something like this Thor that you can just keep using year after year. It's a, uh, that, that is a skilled hand. That's a beautiful depiction. <laughs> that's a hell of a rendering. Thor. <laughs> That's probably an art student, I would say. 
Yeah, they had a, might they be had conceptual, a conceptual Thor. I saw another one of these Avenger artificial hand-carved pumpkins for sale in a different Central Valley town, and that one was only $25, so it must have been a lesser character. I know nothing mm, of the yeah. Avengers, but... I mean, Thor is like, you know, that's like tops. Top A-list Avenger? Yeah, I mean, you know, when you're looking at Avengers, you want a Thor. You want a Thor. This that's could what be, I think. This could be the latest craze. Yeah, another opportunity. Check it out. Yeah, the Graveyard Smash. Graveyard Smash. All right, it's time for the Bartender's Valley. Who? What do we got? Well, okay. I'd like to. I'd like to introduce a to new hell with segment. That artificial pumpkin. To hell with that, that artificial pumpkin. Listen, we're just th- times are strange. We're mixing things up a little bit. I'd like to I'd like to introduce a new segment where we talk about bad habits of the farm, uh, stuff you've been doing, stuff we've been doing that we're not proud of, but it's we're just passing the time. So I'll I'll start. Uh, I during Quar now drink hard seltzer and watch mm. Arctic Survivalist television series. So. There you go. Not proud of it, but if you two would like to offer up any other items that are activities you've been partaking in, uh, listen, we're I mean, all just I, I trying to not die. I don't want to tell people that stuff. Are you yeah. just going to leave me out on a limb here? No, I, I'll help you out. I'll balance it out. Um, I've been doing some like pretty cool things that I wasn't doing in my other life, uh, most likely because I moved. So because, you know, now I'm living in Sacramento. Um, I have right out the window in front of me, um, I have all these hummingbird feeders. I've been like watching hummingbirds mm. and like their patterns and what they do and stuff like that. Pretty interesting. That's the good part. The bad part is I have been going to all these like big box stores and buying stuff. So rather than purchasing from like smaller businesses and little shops like I did pre-quarantine living in San Francisco, most of the time I've been going to like Target and Walmart shit like that like constantly and driving which probably isn't a great thing either i've been driving every single day where i used to drive like one day a month now i drive every day like any just to go around the block or something i'll take a little drive i mean you're not gonna buy that family pack of combos uh, it, the car isn't going to drive itself by that family traffic. Exactly. They're not coming to me. They're, unless I, unless they, I get them on Amazon, could. and that's the same fucking problem. Oh, well, uh, all right. I've been they, trying to offset it by buying cool stuff and they, like working with cool businesses, but I also buy shit on Amazon. You know what? I'm not interested in the cool thing. This is called Bad Habits of Wars. All right. Big Box Timmy. Yeah. Big Box Timmy. You don't want to give up one thing. 
Or are you just are you right. proud of all your core activities? No, no. I um, I haven't told anybody this yet, but I generally go around the block once a day and stomp out any flower I see. Mm. Uh, just to remind myself that this planet is horrible. That you can. <laughs> that you can. Take the life. Are you exerting your yeah your human will yeah. on the the plants of the earth? Okay. Is it one flower? In I'm not really sure why I do it. I just do it. You stop them all, like every flower. You no, see. just a couple. Just here one. Every day. It's just yeah, just to prove stopping. the point that you can. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, listen. I'm proud. I'm proud to drink hard seltzer during choir. I've uh, I've realized that our bougie preferences aren't personality traits. Who gives a fuck if I drink small small batch rum? I'll just be in bed in a fugue state until this is over and don't forward my calls. That's the Ballyhoo cheers. There you have it. I think the end is near. Well, you're just in time for what might be a very unhappy ending. And that means we've got openings and ongoing shows. But there ain't much lately, but there are a few things I should say. There are, we've got uh, Lessons of the Hour, Isaac Julian. That is, that opened October 14th. That's gonna run through mid-March. And that's at McAvoy Foundation for the Arts. Uh, Lessons of the Hour is an immersive, meditative portrait of Frederick Douglass by British filmmaker and installation artist, Isaac Julian. Uh, Lessons of the Hour is a 10-screen film installation and photography exhibition. And uh, there's timed entry, so they're doing things uh, properly. And uh, you got to get on over there and check this out. 10 screens. Immersive. All right. it should it's be a nice awesome. big space. Yeah. 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 For sure. Check it out. Great. And then uh, what else we got? We got anything else down here? Yeah. At at the it's a gallery. The Sicardagaro. There is uh, working outside the lines by Julia Cousins. Uh, that's in Sac here in Sacramento. Only a couple days left. Or actually, no. It ends, ends today. today. Run out there now. Get out there now. <laughs> I hear they're serving candy. Get it while and, you can. Uh, uh, Jolly Ranchers. People are doing the fucking monster mash at the closing party. Yes. Sounds good to me. There's some there ongoing couple, uh, shows. Do you see that? I do. I do see it. Tim's got the sack beat, which I really appreciate. And I know all our <laughs> listeners uh, out there. People have been thirsting for that sack beat. Oh, the sack beat. Oh, sack. Rita Kahlo, appearances can be deceiving. <laughs> At the time of Frida Kahlo's death in 1954, a treasure trove of the artist's highly personal items, including jewelry, clothing, and prosthetics, were locked away. 50 years later, these belongings were unsealed and they're on view for the first time on the West Coast. Check out what these objects reveal about their now iconic owner, Frida Kahlo, Show's called Appearances Can Be Deceiving. Uh, it opened up September 25th, but it's gonna run through the end of this year. 
And that, is this? this is at uh, the De Young, right? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yep. And, I want to see um, that show. I want to see that show for sure. Yeah, De Young is still, uh, they're do I believe they're also doing time ticketing. Uh, they're running Tuesday through Sunday. Um, and I know a few people who have been. I have not been yet, but I will go. And uh, yeah, apparently um, they're doing things the right way. So there you go. That is going to do it. Don't forget to also submit any questions you have for us via email to coonscapades.gmail.com or on Twitter at coonscapades. Thank you again and bless you. And thank you very much <laughs> to all of our guests. And until next time. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Robin. Thank you, Josh. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, Robin. We're back. God bless you all, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye. Especially Tiny Tim. Bye. Bye. Bye.